instead of playing the middle, we did like an improv harsh noise avant-garde performance art piece for about 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, I, just, like, like, I, I wasn't on my drums for the rest of the set. I don't think like we set up my drums and it was all sound checked and we played that like minute of that song. And then I just like grabbed the microphone and he's, went he's, up front. You started rolling around on the ground and like, I think you fell off the stage head first, like, cause you were like on your back and then you slid yeah. like, like a snake off the stage. Uh, I was but like, why? I threw my guitar. <laughs> we just wanted to troll everybody. We're like, Oh, we're going to all these like core kids are here and we're going to noise the hell out of them. And just as a, as a, just a prank, bro. Like we just wanted to be, we just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Welcome to the 10th episode of the Cast Settings Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where I interview mathcore bands. And uh, if you beautiful people have chat uh, uh, in chat have any questions or comments, I'll try my best to read them aloud. Feel free to drop them in. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this in your car, I have no idea what I'm talking about. This show goes live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Feel free to tune in for the live cast at twitch.tv slash the cast at ends creation. Uh, with that out of the way, let me introduce our guest tonight who's dropping their new album, Content on November 27th. Welcome in Plastic Bag Face Mask. How you guys doing? What's up? How's doing it going? Great. <clears throat> I'm doing pretty Thanks good. Thanks for having us. Is it content Sick. or content? That's up to you. <laughs> That's up to the listener. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tell us who you are and what you do in the band. Uh, I'm Jacob. I do guitar uh studio bass vocals and um record do the production side of things and i do uh write the drums do some vocals some lyrics a lot of the lyrics a lot of lyrics yeah and uh yeah i'm the 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 lesser of the two <laughs> <laughs> so uh you guys have been around for 12 years how did you meet uh, we, in high school, um, we were like looking for bands at the time and where I was, I think Patrick, people were like always just pulling your arms to like ask you to join them. Yeah. As, there as were, the, there were the very drummer few town. drummers at our high school compared to the number of like guitarists and stuff. So yeah, the, I think that's like always the case, right? The drummers are the it, hardest yeah. ones to find. Yeah. There's, there's so many shredders and just like people who bring their guitarists to school and just like play licks during like lunch <laughs> period and stuff. Um, but yeah, we met, um, we joined, we both joined this like thrashy early metalcore kind of bands and uh, met through there. And we were both like the super quiet, like emo scene kid, kids of the band. And then like through fate, we just kind of like f were forced into becoming friends eventually after like a while yeah it seems like uh and then it then that was history but then well because we were recording for that band and we were already in that in it for a while and uh we were getting kind of tired of it to be honest <laughs> and we wanted to make something new like uh, a little more exciting so we made plastic bag face mask what was the name of that band uh it had like three or four over like a stupidly short period of time. Uh, oh, was it like one of those bands where you guys just met together at some dude's house and 
like pretending y'all were in a band or no well oh, it was we, a real band yeah it was a real band like we we um you should you should have seen our uh share the stage with list on myspace i mean it was because <laughs> we would, we would always get signed on to those uh like fests in in the state you know and so each fest we would get like where we'd play at some shitty side stage we would add all 30 of those bands to our, <laughs> we've played with list you know no it was it was real though we like did some cool stuff but um uh, we just were never content with the name, for some reason. But at the at the end of it, we I was it your idea? Salvage the the departed. Yeah, that was that was that was my, you. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. He, this guy with the with the wordplay, man. He always does, <laughs> he just come up with stuff. But yeah, that was salvage the departed, and uh, uh, nostalgically, I mean, it we re revisited those songs and kind of like did did some like rewrites or just some remixes of them and it's it's fun like upbeat metalcore like because uh we weren't the writers for it at all it, it was a uh, another uh the older guy to us our senior <laughs> our, our our senior in the band he was the guitarist and he wrote everything and he was really influenced by like trivium kill switch engage uh as lay dying that kind of thing okay <clears throat> So you guys just said fuck this, let's go form our own band or what happened? Yeah. Yeah, like um <laughs> if you don't want to get into it, it's all good. <laughs> I mean we 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 were it was gonna be like a little internet side project and then there was like this big uh like battle of the bands in Fresno and they asked both Salvage the Departed and Plastic Bag Face Mask to play, and that was like our first show as this little side project. And so we, we got into the, the dilemma of who do we sell tickets for? Because you had to yeah. sell tickets that like classic <laughs> band way. Right. And, uh, yeah. And our, so our we were selling tickets. We were selling was... tickets for PBFM and, and like, it sort of started the conversation for, should we kind of go our separate ways? And, and that's kind of how that went. And it worked out yeah. kind of well. Cause we didn't like, we didn't start out to like quit the first one because I think we were, we were recording in my bedroom at the time mm -hmm. for salvage. And then he went home and Patrick was staying the night with me and we're like, let's just keep going, man. Let's just like come up with something. And I was getting heavy into like the MySpace boom of like cyber grind DIY one man, one or two man projects at the time, you know, like I was listening to, we came broken teeth and flesh intoxication stuff like that and i was like we could just do whatever like the craziest gnarliest stuff just ourselves and uh we wrote brute beer that night in like however many minutes that song is <laughs> like just pretty yeah. much recorded it live as much as we as as one can in this sort of <clears throat> two-person band layup but uh yeah we just thought Let's just let's just go for it. Let's just come up with like the craziest riffs that we can. Hell yeah, man! So uh, your first album is Peanut Butter Radio. Um, I, I love the first song. How it's saying the champ is here. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it definitely sounds like your first one. You know, no thanks. The production's not amazing. Oh, I can't really talk because my first album, not for the sound that ends creation, although that one's not great either. But way back in the day, I made some horrible garbage uh <laughs> yours is way better than mine but uh well, yeah man, uh i can't <laughs> it, it makes me cringe so much just like 
hearing those things. But like the hardware that we were using at the time couldn't really do much better. Right. But... I had a uh, what do you call it? Um, a, uh, a a cable that just directly plugged into the computer from my guitar into mm -hmm. the computer, and that that was my like audio interface and oh, all that sick. stuff. It was just oh, you know, just I wish I had. That. <laughs> <laughs> I used a fucking um a line six pod but like the really small one you know not like the, the heavy oh not pod studio, farm studio so... one. no no like like a pocket pod <laughs> so it was like made out of plastic it was shit and i used like i think the headphone out for that straight into like the eighth inch audio in of my desktop computer oh, and yeah, like i should not have been using that stuff and somehow i was able to and then same with because we've always, none of our drums have ever been real. Patrick would, used to play on a Roland E-Kit. And so a lot of those drums were physically played. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they were, they were played, they're not, they were not electric. They're, yeah, yeah, oh, they're electric, sick. but they're not, but they're actually like, you know. And uh, that also, we would, I would plug the uh, headphone out of the brain into the audio in of the computer. And that's why, like, I mean... <laughs> no interface just like dude no it sounds great for like the tools you had at the time man like shit. <laughs> i can't stand it <laughs> yeah we, we it's worse than we had remembered it being because we went back to listen yeah. to it in order to re-record it for the worst of albums mm -hmm. and uh and it's it like you have that nostalgic like oh yeah th it's not that bad because yeah. you remember how it sounded in your head and how you know, know when you wrote it sound, and you heard it live over and over again as you got better and like no they're just no <laughs> yeah so and, then, and then jumping back yeah and so like how those were mixed and everything no mixing i mean i what could i what did i have to mix with like it's all just like as is as it was recorded but still it's like like shivers you know <laughs> but any i mean it was a fun time i mean we we burnt cds and like passed them to every single one of our classmates as much as we could you know just like i was printing cds on the school computer like they're like, what are you doing? What are you working on? Oh, it's a project, school project. <laughs> Sick. Uh, and so you guys seem to have like a bit more fun back in the day with like the lyrics and stuff like that. I mean, some of the stuff on your newest one is still you know, a little fun, but uh, back then y'all had a whole lot of fun saying things like <laughs> uh, the champ is here. For I already mentioned that, but on uh, your second one, Bears, uh, I believe it's the first song you say, "LOL breakdown, breakdown, LOL." <laughs> yeah, best. no. <laughs> We're meme trash lords at like early on, early age. Dude, hell yeah, uh, man. That's the best. <laughs> and because like Patrick would always shoot me like these cool sound clips from movies, you know, because we wanted to be like Kill Whitney Dead or uh, who else had all this movie clips? Oh, uh, uh, an oh, autopsy. An autopsy, yeah. Um, oh, there was another one. Yeah, too, you that know, had a whole bunch. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. But. My Graph parents, Orlock, that's the name I was thinking of. Graph Orlock, yeah, they have sick yeah, yeah. Uh, movie clips in it. Um, but my parents made, like, made me paranoid that, like, oh, like the, all the lawyers in the world will find your <laughs> shitty little right. MySpace band and they will sue you for using this <laughs> little movie clip. And then, like, later on, we're, we're, we're now, like, learning that none of those bands that had, like, legit releases, they, they never got permission. You know, right. like, they're fine. Like, they, like, we could have been we could have been using Will Smith, Will Smith's real "The Champ Is Here" clip in that song and been fine, 
Right. Well, that's like if they sue you, they give you more promotion, right? That's where I'm yeah, at right that, now. That, yeah, that could have made us. I really, I like, I, I ruined this band <laughs> <laughs> with my paranoia. Um, but no, we were. A lot of those lyrics are pretty wacky. Uh, if anyone did do some digging, they'd probably find some of some very stereotypical, like violent deathcore, stupid, mm-hmm. ignorant lyrics that we intentionally like we've rewritten in our like uh re-recorded versions of those songs you know uh we all were kids at the time you know what i mean yeah oh yeah we're just following the trends yeah and um but i still like one of my main themes i when i whenever (laughs) i write a song a lot a lot of it's kind of based around like some insane character some person like amazing uh, losing their mind or whatever and that's like uh, a glass of green tea. That's like all my lyrics, just about some <laughs> wacky, wacky, wacky person that's having a wacky time. So y'all mentioned re-recording this stuff. You guys, so you guys re-recorded. I want to say it's the first four albums y'all did, and then all your EPs. Is that right? Uh, except for Core, Core, Core. Obviously, didn't record re-record that. That was new. Yeah, yeah. What? A, yeah, we, we re-recorded. I actually I couldn't find like track eight. listings for some of your earlier ones. But I was going yeah, off of what you of, guys had on your YouTube channel. We made that yeah. kind of hard to find. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, so worst of one is is peanut butter radio and bears, uh-huh. and the worst of two is Tom and zombie, and then and a then couple we, uh, stragglers, a couple like songs that never yeah made like B sides kind of things. Yeah. and then and then we curation is like three like or four, four EPs just made into a an album and then we yeah. redid family portrait and riff soup so and why did y'all redo them all uh kind of like what we're saying like going back to peanut butter radio just how like cringy that is but also in our head like we knew what we we're trying to come like lay down on the tracks that we just couldn't because we were inexperienced or the yeah. tech wasn't there. I didn't know what I was doing with mixing or recording as much. Well, sure, but um, isn't that like your history? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like I, I mean, I mean, some of them like like the the EPs that that curation has like uh, Pangea and, and and the split with Human Trade and stuff. Like we still love those original versions. They're really cool, but they just aren't consistent. Like like we did a split with. Um, what's Forrest Whitaker and Mm -hmm. uh and like my vocals I just screamed at this old MacBook like the in computer microphone because I was I was not near Jacob at the time and and so he his vocals sound way different than mine you can hear like my computer fan in in the (laughs) vote you know what I mean so it's like yeah it's just like little things like that we wanted to make all these songs that we really liked well, let's make good. good stories, though, is what I'm saying. Like, you know, you oh, could, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, talk about yeah, how, like, how shitty things were back in the day. I <laughs> We're both, like, huge archivists with our when it comes to, like, our iTunes libraries and stuff. And we love having multiple versions of things. And uh, we, if, if anyone even likes us enough to have multiple versions of our songs, that's cool. Like, we, we encourage that. But... It's um a little bit of a perfectionism thing, and we have the means. Like we have my uh, my little home studio. Like I don't 
there's no money lost in re-recording them. And then we can have, like, songs that I... I used to, like, skip a lot of our songs when it would come on shuffle in the car, you know, on my phone or my iPod. And now I don't do that as much. <laughs> I, I barely ever do, because now they all sound cool in the shuffle amongst songs I actually like, you know? like uh, And, I don't know, a couple of years ago, um, when I finally got my footing in, like, a lot of bands I'm really proud of and uh, I like being in I was like this is my goal is to like make songs I want to listen to myself you know what I mean like okay that um you don't want someone's first uh in, in what do you call it? first impression being your uh what, what it was uh, peanut butter or yeah peanut butter radio you want it to be con- yeah. content or content yeah, whichever some, one it is <laughs> yeah if someone if someone like me went there and was like oh i'm gonna download everything download the whole discography and they start from 2008 will they stick around till 2020 i don't think so yeah, I got yeah. you. and you and you technically still can get the old stuff uh if you become like a it's like a dollar to subscribe on Bandcamp or whatever it's like just a bonus little thing um and you can download all the back catalog, right? It's all still there. I think. It, I don't know just... if that's active right now, but oh, it's still okay. uploaded. Like, okay. We could just like we could unprivate them whenever. Yeah, like even if somebody just like messaged us and was like, "Could we get the old stuff?" We'd probably just email them a zip drive or a yeah. zip file, like <laughs> if they, if they really want it. But we definitely don't want that to be like when they Google our name. That's what pops. They're up. not on. Yeah, they're definitely not on Spotify or anything anymore. Yeah. Well, it seems like uh, on, in Riff Soup, you can tell the produ- production's getting a bit better. Y'all are starting to understand like what y'all are doing. Uh, but in 13, it really sounds like that's where y'all like hit the point where it was like professional recording and stuff. I assume you get like a huge software or rig upgrade, or did you just like do some schooling, or how did how'd you uh, get make that jump? Around around that time, I had moved down to <coughs> Fresno, and I kind of like shoved myself into the music scene here um there's like there there were it's slower now but like well especially right now but there were (laughs) dozens and dozens of awesome bands of like such a wide scope of genres like indie folk to punk and then grindcore and death metal and all kinds of stuff progressive stuff and um i met a lot of great people and so i kind of Market, started marking myself as the local engineer guy. So I, I started practicing my craft a lot more with a ton of other bands and in different situations, you know, like two pieces, five pieces, bands that want to record live. Like I had to dive into mixing real drums and not electric drums. So I think by that time we had, or I had learned a few more tricks when it comes to production and then that's between riff soup and 13 that was when we started using the secret weapon right patrick oh yeah so um (laughs) unfortunately uh all the like modern uh pbfm drums are are digital um more digital than ever more digital yeah so they're they're tabbed out and then put through a uh, an emulator it's a all tune track. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I so, think most drums you hear on most albums are actually, you know, programmed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. 
because even like uh, from I think from Pangea to or from the first family portrait Pangea the EPs to the original Riff Soup those were all still Patrick's performances on the E kit and then I'd use oh the okay I was gonna say those are real but okay the E kit yeah you. yeah those are those are real and then I'd just import the MIDI to the better sounding oh wait by EK, you mean electronic drum set so you're actually playing that yeah. shit on the oh shit yeah. i didn't yeah, know that yeah, i thought yeah, that yeah. you meant like the little fucking piano the little keyboard thing or whatever. no <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah like a real uh five piece five piece electric drum kit oh shit right? that's crazy yeah um so that was that was our start and then like so the early early stuff like peanut butter radio and bears though that was from the roland brain you know like this the sounds that they built in and then there was like the tune track era and then there's the guitar pro tune track era which is starting from 13 to now yeah okay and I so think they're just, just uh, programmed then now right they're programmed they're they're yeah they're programmed okay. now yeah. and so now we started that became the era of uh emailing tabs to each other and actually me like pre-writing what i was going to do on guitar beforehand because i would never yeah we would never have a song written before yeah i guess we, we should recorded. we should talk about like how we <laughs> how, how we wrote songs yeah um, um with with the exception of like brute beer brute beer was guitar first and there are like a few others um i would basically just like drum solo for three to seven minutes or so and then Jacob would just write guitar over it. So that's why, like, <laughs> there isn't really a, a good, like, downbeat or anything. And, like, you can just hear, like, random, like, you can almost hear me thinking at some points or, like, stopping for certain reasons. Like, stop time is just, like, the pausing to, like, adjust or, you know what I mean? And so it's, yeah. that's another reason why, like, re-recording all of these things really worked out well. Because I could sit down and be like, what do I want to write to this this riff instead of here's what I played that one time and I had no idea what it was yeah. going to sound like. Really? Patrick that's crazy, man. Putting on the drums first and then guitar over it. That, that's pretty insane. Yeah. He'd literally, you, you'd have like a riff sort of in your head while you're playing, right? Yeah. Like you would kind of have an idea, like I'm going to play a beat if like to something like this, you know? Uh, and he'd just be going do the transitions in his head, you know? And then I'd come in and I'd hear this beat and I'd be like, I, I would, not even listen to how long the beat goes sometimes. I'd be like, oh, this riff would sound sick over this. And then I'd play the riff three and a quarter times, <laughs> and then it would transition, you know? And so that's why, like, those early songs are so awkward and, like, in musically incorrect. But for us at the time, we were, like, we were trying to be the wackiest, mm -hmm. untraditional, mathy you know, band that we could, so we thought that worked out well for us. Well, honestly, I think that sounds pretty sweet, man. I really, like, I, I don't think that they were bad at all, man, the, the old recordings. Well, thanks. I, I, think were, yeah. I don't think they were bad. <laughs> uh, it, it was a stepping point for us. I mean, like, it was... A lot of those riffs, I mean, I think are pretty rad. Like, I don't think I would have written them without that drum inspiration. <clears throat> also, at the time, I was so uncomfortable just, like playing guitar by myself and i don't know like does i don't know if anyone else thinks this but like 
hearing your solo instrument, it sounds like shit all the time. Like, if I'm <laughs> just jamming, I'm riffing, trying to write something, and I hear a riff, you know, on its own, it just sounds lame. But <laughs> with all the other puzzle pieces, you know, another guitar on the right side, drums, bass, and vocals, no one's noticing how lame that riff sounds because it is... It has like an aesthetic. It's yeah. 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 So having drums there to bring the energy to my stupid DI line six guitar tone, uh, it helped and I was able to write stuff that I probably never would have. And well, then so how do you guys write now? Now it's regular. I feel like. Yeah, he, he, he writes the guitar out, he tabs it out. Um Except I think there's like one or two songs that were different, um, like drums first or whatever. But uh, but yeah, yeah so he just taps while, it out. Every once then... in a while, I will steal a song for another project of his that has crazy cool drums, and I would like mute the guitars, and I'd I'd go back to like that style. Of just trying to write, you know, like see what riffs I come up with with these drums. And then I would delete his drums and send them to him, send the <laughs> guitar tab to him to see, okay. like, if he can change without noticing. And, and you didn't, right? I, had yeah, to I, ne I never notice when he does that. So, yeah, that I was like, by the way, well. this is based on your one of your songs. But, uh, Except, I'm trying to think though, there was there are a couple that were like, was it, oh, Cyber Nuke, like, there was an import issue or something. I don't and think it was so, an issue. I think I did it on purpose. Oh, oh, yeah. No, it was just like, I was like, why can't you import it like this? And he was like, this is why. And it was just this mess of nonsense drums. And I was yeah. like, okay, write guitar to it. And yeah. it's, just, it's, it's the <laughs> opening track to 13. It's, it came out super well and crazy some, and genty. Some of, yeah, before we, because in general now I, you know, I, I write and tab all the guitars and send them to him. But in 13, when we were transitioning to that style oh, of yeah. writing, we, you had a lot of leftover beats, like drum tracks that you recorded on the e-kit before I got rid of it, that were like saved as MIDI files on Logic. And we didn't record to a click or anything. There was no tempo map. It was just like live, just like flowing. Like all the other ones. All, like everything else, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, and so, yeah, you said something like, oh, just import those drums to Logic. And I'm like, it doesn't work because, like, every other program is dependent on tempo and time signatures and stuff like that. So I can't just import random misplaced MIDI. But I did. And then <laughs> Guitar Pro, uh, like, just like forced. Guessed. Yeah, it just, yeah, it just forced all this MIDI into its 4-4 template. And then we're like, this is nuts sounding so we end up writing the the opening track to 13 up to those drums and that's why it comes out super weird and i was really feeling uh viljarda kind of fall style at the time so that's i was like oh this is perfect for that i'll just write a big viljarda ripoff song and it is <laughs> yeah yeah but it's cool yeah, I guess 13 and Franchise <clears throat> were a little different because you wrote, that was the last thing that, or those were the last songs that you wrote guitar over the drums that I'd recorded, but then we had already started doing the Guitar Pro stuff. So after he wrote the songs, I just 
tabbed out the drums like we tabbed it out we refined it and made it correct yeah Yeah. so it was like Um, the transitional stage yeah where he would play a beat and i'd play like a riff to it and i would point out like this riff is really cool we should actually extend it three more times and make it like the verse and then we could do that on the on a guitar pro because i mean the amount of time people spend you know crafting and writing a song we would never do that we would never go back to fix something or be like oh this verse should go on longer we'd always just be stuck with like or we would make ourselves be stuck because we wanted to we didn't want to uh i don't know have that leeway to songwrite appropriately yeah the the only time anything was different was like there's a song on um bear called about or called dr jenkins or whatever and i i would like explicitly have to say there's a chorus in this oh yeah and so i'd have to i have to follow that rule and so yeah so the intention was to have something like repeat and that was the only time i'd have to like specifically say or he would i think there was a, a time or two that you copy and pasted one you were like i want this riff to repeat i think in zombie you did that but other than that oh maybe um yeah why, why do y'all all... do that why don't you let yourselves go back and fix things well, we do now. That was just like the old. Oh, okay, gotcha. The old record yeah. drums, record guitar. Okay, we're gonna write vocals. All right, we'll yeah, release it was, an album. It was, a, it was a pain in the butt. I mean, uh, if if I wanted him to redo a drum part, it would have been ha- it would have like start from scratch. I don't know. Yeah. And we didn't have the patience at the time. We thought we could get away with like anything because we were kids. We we're like, let's just be mathy. This will be mathy. You know, like this, yeah. this mistake will come off as mathy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I don't know, like I, they probably weren't necessarily fixes, but like a songwriting thing, like <clears throat> this riff would be cool repeated. And I don't, I think the DAW I was using at the time wouldn't even have like a crossfade edit, you know? So if I did copy and paste a drum, it'd be super noticeable, you know, because they weren't even, like, multi-track at the time. And it was just, like, uh, I don't know. It was a lot of immature reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but now, I'm, now I feel like we're probably very traditional, normal when it comes to our songwriting, especially for the modern day. Everything's tabbed. Everything's, like, pre-proed, and, like, we demo everything, listen to it, and we work it out, and I think it's pretty smooth now, the process that we have. Oh, yeah. It sounds super professional. I'm surprised <clears throat> you guys aren't actually bigger than y'all are. Like, this sounds like something that should be, you know, put up by, like, a big label or whatever. You know, this is a really good production value. It's insane. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I just think we're just hard to market. I mean, we and we would never market. I have been <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible at, like, internet presence and um, knowing how to reach people uh so for content we're actually like we're putting the money down and we're working with uh uh eli helen from von lens and uh to do our pr for us and so he it's, it's awesome he's uh has like the premiere scheduled and he has uh the websites doing exclusive streaming and stuff like that yeah i saw you were on no clean singing that's actually kind of a big deal yeah yeah, I still get awesome. hits from whenever they covered like my second or third album, whichever one. I still get hits from that from like the web from 
you know, like today, I still get hits. Like people, it's crazy. Like people are still like going to that old page. Yeah. Posted. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully this brings in a new wave of people. Like we do. Like it's it's pretty amazing for how old. I mean, we've gone years, kind of having our friends be our fans, and even then, not really. They're just our yeah. friends being nice. But <laughs> like now, it was good. Like you didn't yeah, listen to it. <laughs> great job, you know. Um, but now, with thanks to Bandcamp and how easy it is to like get your music out there, and then we're now that we're on Spotify and stuff, we're getting like a fan base that's freaking awesome. I mean, like they're responsive and get like leaving comments instead of just like, I mean, did you ever have like back in the day you get like hundreds maybe even a, a thousand downloads off something, but you'd never hear feedback. You never would know like where these downloads are coming from. And you'd never yeah. know who is actually listening to you. That was us for like a really long time. We would be like, who are all Russia? They were all in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> always. <laughs> we'd always see our, our music getting pirated and put on like Russian torrent websites, even though our music's always for free anyway. <laughs> but um, now people like they leave feedback and they, comment on his youtube videos and stuff like that and it's it's great i mean it feels great it's i don't i can't i don't get enough of it yeah you got like 2.2k awesome. subscribers or something on youtube yeah that's pretty insane man yeah yeah I think he, most he, most of that's for uh because i post like i post a lot of music i post as much other, music yeah, as i can other music oh, yeah. okay and then <laughs> and, our music gets it's thrown in there too and then people yeah. are like oh what's this and sometimes yeah. it works out but then, like, he, he'll show me, like, the screen caps of the comments. and like, oh, people were talking about, you know, 13 or Rift Soup or whatever. And that's great. Like, we really appreciate it. And we have, like, a, a couple, a handful of people that await a release, you know. And then when it comes out, they're like, I've been waiting for this shit, man. This sounds great. That's <laughs> freaking cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, I, uh, again, Pizza like, Sushi Roll in chat is saying that you guys broke up in 2011? What happened? I didn't hear about this. Oh. Oh, well, yeah, that was when we stopped playing shows. Like, we we played uh, a lot of shows, like, all the time. And it was just very stressful and exhausting because, I mean, we weren't getting a whole lot of feedback. We weren't, like, it was just a lot more strain and effort than, like, felt worth it. And we were wanting to write, like more studio songs too like songs that didn't have to be played live but we kind of felt obligated to play some stuff live yeah um and so we took like maybe a six month break if if I, that and then we we were just like well let's let's just do it online we don't have to do shows right i was gonna say i didn't see a, a gap in like your you know the uh your like albums and stuff it seemed like y'all were always going on that, so I was like, wait, what? They broke up? And, uh, that was what Zombie was. That was um, literally coming back from, from the dead to release Zombie. Because I, re I remember coming... I don't know if it was coming home from one of our shows or another show where I was just thinking about how it sucks for us to play live when I was watching other bands be awesome at it. But I remember coming to uh, coming home and texting you Patrick, when I was like, man, I have something to tell you, man. I just, I like, I like broke really up sappy. with me. Yeah, I broke <laughs> up with him. And, but it was because, yeah, like, um, it's hard. It was, 
it was hard to be a two piece that doesn't know crap about performing live and like <clears throat> any like I knew this much about like in audio engineering in studio and nothing about like expressing that live except for just bringing my freaking line six half stack which is gone i don't do line six anymore guys but i used to <laughs> thank god <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought i thought line six was cool when i was a kid dude i think everybody um, did <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh i would bring that he'd bring his drums and that was it you know like we it, as a two-piece and i'm like you know, i think now when i'm you know just daydreaming about playing live again it would need the backup tracks you know like for because i wanted it to sound great because i'm their their songs are our babies and for me i'm the one producing it that like i know how they're supposed to sound and i knew <clears throat> that they weren't sounding like that live and it was depressing uh and it was at the time too like we also had bad we were in like the wrong scene we kind of met a lot of the deathcore crews in fresno at the time and that was all we really knew and we have we had breakdowns and stuff at the time but we weren't we didn't fit in so every time we'd play a show with those guys they'd be like hey lol breakdown like they would love that stuff but then <laughs> yeah. but then everyone else that would still go, haunts us like yeah. like years after that, people will still be like, "LOL breakdown," or like you yeah. got a comment the other day that was like, "I can't believe you didn't re-record that," and he's like, "Yeah, we did. Here it is." Yeah, like, <laughs> he missed the release, but he was like, "I was yeah, I was uh, marketing content," and he was like, "Where's LOL breakdown?" I'm like, "It's over here, man. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks." But uh, it was the yeah, best like, worst idea I ever had. <laughs> it is. It really is. No, dude, it's, but, it's everyone, so good. It's so good, man. People love that shit. Yeah, it's 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 clever as hell. But he or we um, fuck, I don't remember what I was saying. You're saying that <laughs> we y'all were mixed in, up we with were... the death the deathcore crowd, and that wasn't really. Also, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, also. yeah. Um, every, yeah, everyone would just always go outside when we'd play. You know, like it was just it was rough on the old ego. But then and then afterward, I met like the grindier kids and the power violence and mathcore kids and they gave us some shit too because we were like a little too core for them <clears throat> but like i ended up becoming really really good friends with them and if we had i always think man if we had like met those people first in like the more uh unifying like embracing that side of like the the scene in this city we would have had a fun time we probably would have like melded our sound less core which like I'm all for like removing <laughs> core from our sound, even though we just released core, core, core. But that was like a completely indulgent, silly songs for us. Yeah, but, if we like, were to play a show, don't expect any of those songs live. No. <laughs> well, I would say there's a pretty um, heavy uh, core influence on your new one. You don't think so? Not really. I mean, there's some. I don't know. Well, the there's, song we just premiered, yeah, is probably the heaviest song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that would make sense. Well, I mean, but, throughout uh, the whole thing, like you'll have lots of breakdowns and stuff. It, it just uh, yeah. Like, I, I would you, say y'all are you'll have a big deathcore like part to y'all. I think it's that's probably just never gonna leave our system. I think we're we're trapped with it forever. Yeah, I mean, all <laughs> all like crazy. Like even the the bands that push against that the most, like even like Psyopis or 
like number 12 looks like used more like jazzy and stuff there's still at least like one chug in there right somewhere right somewhere it's <laughs> like you gotta you gotta have one in there somewhere and uh, i and, and I with my I've... vocal style especially too like i i oh hell yeah man those at, deep growls holy shit <laughs> and I can't, I can't do that over his grindy stuff. That's his stuff. So he has to give me something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think I probably have just found a balance in, um, I don't know, all my genres that I like. And I think death, I think the core influence really seeps through in plastic bag for sure. Because I have, I have other projects now where I have to like designate the grindier riffs for one band and like the doomier riffs for another. And then this one gets like. Kind all of the weird everything, shit. all the weird <laughs> shit. But like, I really get to let loose because this band can be anything. Yeah, no rules, that's man. What, that's how you do. No it. rules. It's it's really liberating, and um, yeah. I mean, I, I I still love breakdowns. Fuck. I mean, dude, hell yeah, man. At least, <laughs> I don't know. I um, there was a period where I was very just anti-core for a while, and now me I too, have man. With it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so but, y'all have a huge uh um I guess evolution in your sound. The be- the first stuff sounds pretty different from where you are now. Uh what were your influences? How did that stuff change over time? You were talking about like being with the core crowd and that kind of influencing some stuff, but outside of that, what you know, what ended up changing your uh sound? Um like where did you start from and where you are now? Influences. Of like influences, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I mean, you could you could probably hear on like the first couple albums we were like, I mean, "Count Your Blessings" by Bring Me the Horizon was the big album when we were writing Peanut Butter Radio, and so we're just ripping off Holly Sykes the whole time and and all that, and like Chelsea Grin and stuff, and all those kind of like violent deathcore bands that are just like murdering your ex girlfriends, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, and then. Um, we kind of went to like the Irish front on bears, which is why a lot of those lyrics are super goofy and nonsensical and just like, but yeah. and, and like a little mathier. Those are the two like main ones I remember for the old stuff. You know, I never that gave transition. the Irish front a chance. There, it's never? worth listening to, I guess. They're they're one out. Al- yeah, they have like a goofy EP, but their one album is, I think it still holds up. It's like stupid, but it's a lot of fun. It's not Shit, very long. I need to check that out. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's cool. They actually, like, I think the standout songs for me on that are actually, like, the clean parts, because they have, like, ambient, clean yeah. guitar, like, pretty songs, and I'm like, damn, these are actually really cool. Um, and there's there's no confidence enough to do LOL Breakdown without a boom snap clap anyway, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> yeah, they, they, they set the stage for that sort of, like, funny, uh, whatever LOL Breakdown is supposed to be song. But yeah. yeah, like they're just check out their song Boom Slap. Oh, I remember they were blowing up on MySpace. Anyway, back to your influences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like back then, I mean, yeah, like I said, I was like listening to a lot of cyber grind and but also Metalcore and Deathcore was on the rise. And like I was listening to Agony Scene on uh MySpace and oh, yeah. they were Black Dollar <clears throat> Murder were my favorites, those two bands. Uh and then um, see you next Tuesday. Definitely like uh, Patrick Hill yeah. into Tony Danza, uh, Psyopus. Uh, I wrestled a bear once, Born of um, Osiris, Born of Osiris for me. Yeah, like we had we had like very similar genre tastes, but we we both 
really focused in on like I, I probably just focused more in on drum heavy bands like Born of Osiris because um, the the drummer's insane and then he focused more in on like the guitar heavy stuff like I think see you next Tuesday's guitars are more interesting than their drums that kind of thing you know what I mean and so I think that's yeah. kind of where the divide happened but it was still like all encompassing the same ideas of music and songwriting yeah and then like uh I think then I started swaying towards like Norma Jean and the Chariot and where it's like less heavy but more like cool guitar work and like uh I don't know punkier I guess is like a dumb way to say it but like it kind of gets a little more raw than like super death metally produced you know and more then, emotional uh, yeah yeah um and then I, when I moved down here I started listening to like a lot of like uh scrams screamo and stuff like that and then uh then i just got into black metal and sludge and uh like the influences i don't even know like specifics anymore because it's right. like, so wide and uh because i always i'd always be like man this this album's awesome patrick you need to check this out because i really want to fucking rip this off in the next <laughs> album and we'd we, you know like we'd always set out for a sound and we would never get that sound we'd end up somewhere else yeah like but, if i did if i did drums i'd be like okay this is gonna be like a this song and the first 30 seconds would be like clearly influenced by that band and then i'd run out of ideas and i just do like whatever i was gonna do anyway and so we never yeah it never focused in like that yeah like uh I don't know. We'd try and be like, let's do a Beneath the Massacre song or let's do a Born of Osiris song, you know, and then realize, oh, we can't actually play that shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, so what are y'all yeah, like, currently listening to then? What are some of like the bands that are just coming out that y'all are jamming? Um, this year I mean, sucks for me because I'm not, I'm staying home and I'd always listen to music in the car in my commute. And so now I'm like, Dude, I'm get, I'll download this. I'll buy this. I'll, I'll listen to it someday, you know. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really behind. But I'm, I've been in a really deep black metal and doom thing for the last couple of years. Uh, Interesting. Which, you couldn't really tell from you know what y'all just put out. Like, no. Um, there's yeah, a little I've bit really of the sludginess in there, but really yeah. couldn't tell like black metal and stuff. A lot of that. Uh, influence goes into my other bands um but i don't know like i'm always we're always looking at like cool math stuff like i'm <clears throat> i'm really happy that like the noisy like dissonant chord playing chuggy bands are like that revival metalcore revival is coming back with like buried but still breathing and um see space, space cowboy space cowboy like that stuff is i think that actually that revelation right now um <laughs> that is kind of actually what made me think that stuff can be cool again and I, that's probably why there are more chugs and more breakdowns in like content and uh whatever the last shit released was um you know like because i <laughs> why do bands I are doing current core yeah 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 like uh because they're doing it, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that, that gives me, like, the confidence that's like, it's fine. You can just play whatever breakdowns you want. Everyone else is doing it. 
<laughs> gave and, you the uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we've come full circle, basically. Like we, yeah, it's full circle. We started, we started out with that, and then like that stopped being popular, and so we just like kind of did our thing, and then it's coming back, and so we're like, oh yeah, we could do that again. But, yeah, <laughs> right. The whole music scenes come full circle. It's not just you guys. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just I, a lot of my favorites right now are like. like Plebeian Grandstand, which is like kind of a blackened hardcore band from France, and then uh, Monarch, also from France. They're they just play like doom, like really like ambient doom, and uh, LLNN. Uh, a lot of stuff that like again, like it doesn't really seep into our sounds as much, which is weird. So I don't I don't really have a pleasing answer for that. <laughs> What was yeah, the last my, album I, you listened to? The last album I listened to? Yeah. Uh, fucking Cranial <laughs> Contamination. No, wait, that's the band name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm re- really working on trying to listen to everything I got from this year so I can make a, a 2020 list at the end of the year. And so I'm, I made a playlist. So like, okay. Yeah, so I like... I listened to Cranial <clears throat> Contamination's album Into the Warp. I listened to uh, Childish Gambino's album like a couple days ago. Uh, uh, AC, ACXDC dropped an awesome album at the beginning of the year, and that sounds great. Super solid grind album. Uh, but yeah, I'm working. I'm obviously I'm in this the seas right now, so I have a long <laughs> way to go to listen to everything else that came out this year. What about you, Patrick? What you listening to now? Like yeah, one I mean, of the my, current my, influences. My my answer is like way less satisfying because I feel like I listen to not that much metal anymore. Even like okay. I have like the the main staples, but like I'm just going through my recently added on my phone trying to come up with an answer. Like I have the new Sam Smith oh. album. Like oh, <laughs> Sam Smith is amazing. Yeah, but like I think the last full album I listened to was like Cardi B's album. Like I listen to a lot of pop and rap, and so yeah, and yeah. then. There's like a mainstay band that'll come out with an album, and I'll be like, yes. So like the new Within the Ruins album, I'm excited for. But uh, yeah, he, but yeah. We share we share our, our library, our iTunes library, kind of together. So he'll always send me fucking like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and stuff like that, and all these like <laughs> other like singer songwriter women that I have never heard of, and I probably never will. And you're just like, and what then, the hell is this, huh? Yeah, but then I'll be like sending him all this like super obscure, disgusting, raw sounding black metal stuff from like the corners of some icy layer somewhere, and he'll probably ne- never listen to that either. But <laughs> our our iTunes libraries are very large because of that. So. Yeah, like mine is 126 days long. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's no way I'm listening to all of that. No. Ever in my life. So what about in terms of like your vocals and drumming inspiration and stuff? Are there <laughs> bands that really uh gave you inspiration to do this? Um Yeah, like like number twelve looks like you is probably my favorite band and like they've had three drummers and all of them are amazing and and uh you know, we mentioned Born of Osiris, Cameron from Born of Osiris was like a huge uh Cause I used to just like play along to albums a lot. That's how I practice. And so I've just like play along to Born of Osiris over and over and over again. And, uh, and bands like that. But I mean, I grew up more like I, I honestly hadn't listened to metal until 
we started that salvage the departed band like i had no idea about anything like they even asked me like oh can you do a blast beat and i was like "Uh uh-huh and i had no (laughs) idea what that meant like (laughs) you had just bought a double bass pedal like like almost like the day of right yeah like, like maybe the day before like we started the band my freshman year and i think i got that double bass pedal like the summer before that started like i had no idea what i was doing so you know like i I learned on you know blink 182 playing along with like travis barker and stuff and that probably bleeds through a little bit maybe not anymore but in the really old stuff there's like a lot more pop punk influence in my drums and and like my right foot is just way better because i like some of that old stuff you'd hear you'd hear my double bass and it would just be like a gallop like a little little horse gallop because i couldn't quite do it so uh we were talking about some newer things y'all were jamming um what about your guests that are on your new album uh you got yours truly of course uh ellie (laughs) holen from uh fawn limbs um i'm not quite sure who everyone else is though if you wanted to break it down um yeah we we it's hard to get guests man i mean we i appreciate you like you came you were like oh yeah i'll get it to you tomorrow you know like that was fucking awesome um (laughs) It was, uh, we wanted to get a ton of people, and I, I made the mistake of asking people that, like, don't have the means. I always forget, like, it's hard to record, get recording done when you're not, you don't have a setup like we do. Right. You know? So, um, I was asking all these people, and they're like, oh, I don't know, uh, I'll try to find someone who can, or I'll book studio time or whatever. And then the pandemic hit. And then they're like, oh, I don't think I'll be able to go anywhere to get that done, you know? So I started, we hit up, I, I, I like had to look into the scene again and see who, who makes DIY stuff. Who's like, who's like us and that makes stuff like at their home. And, um, and that worked out great. You know, we found, uh, we met, uh, the band Thought Crime who's also dropping their new EP pretty soon that, uh, and, uh, Mara Jade gave us her vocals. They're awesome. And, uh, I thought black crimes EP came out already. I think, no, it's just a pre-order. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I remember seeing yeah. the post that was like, buy it on Bandcamp Friday, but pre-order makes sense. I mean, yeah. Still need yeah. to check those guys out. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, and then, uh, one, another guest vocalist is Daniel, uh, Dominguez from, He's actually a, a local guy, and he's in a hardcore band called Farouk that are like nuts because like <laughs> they're like they're pretty like typical kind of moshcore. I don't I don't know really how, what you call that, but when I think when I hear that kind of hardcore, I think of like guys in like gym shorts and they're just like mean mugging all the time, and they're like ready to get in the pit and punch someone. Come but they're the most me. like po- <laughs> yeah, they're like the most positive like friendliest guys in the world and uh but when you listen to their especially their latest album it's crazy like it's it's mathier than like i feel like we can ever hope to be like there's there's so many like cool pauses and like crazy licks that they do all while like being so fucking tough you know and like (laughs) they're i mean that was he was another one too he was like yeah i'll uh, just give me the, the the clip of where you want me to do vocals and he just sent us these this track of like all these beautiful layers of like 
highs and lows and everything. And uh, yeah, did you uh, say there was like even even like like a choir sample in the background or something like buried way oh, deep? If you look at all the, the layers, of yeah, it. like there's like a. Really? I don't think it's a sample. I think it's actually him like singing or because it's like oh, it's uh goes along with the lyrics. So like yeah, it's like it's like I tried to boost it as much as I could because like the wall of sound guitars and drums like kind of drowned it out. But it's like there's yeah, there's a ton of elements in his guest vocal. It's on uh, what track is that? Five, I think. Yeah, five. Yeah, um, yeah. His he has the final spazzy riff of track five, and that one's great. Uh, who else did we get? Oh, we got um. I th- he's going by the name Yaku or Yaku, I think, right now, uh, and he's on track two on content, and mm-hmm. he's this uh, guy from. Oh shit! Um, not Ru- Russia, but uh, <laughs> well, it looked like it was Russian. in Russian. I saw the lyrics. It looked like it was Russian. It was. It is Russian, but it's like a. It's a neighboring country, country. next to Russia. Okay, a neighboring country. The Ukraine. But he- that's one of them. <laughs> that's the one we all know right it has to be yeah <laughs> that's the popular one um he he was in a band called i am a preacher and they had an album come out that just sounds super fucking cool like it's really like kind of blackened heart less blackens and more hardcore and the russian or his vocal style maybe is, is mostly that but i feel like russian lyrics just sound so sick like super <clears throat> evil and dark and metal you know so i i reached out to him on instagram i totally didn't think like he would be down but i did see that he was like a studio kid like me so i thought oh he will just record his vocals no problem and uh yeah there was no language barrier he knew english and uh i didn't have to like translate anything and uh he was like yeah i'll send them to you pretty soon he liked the song and i was like i was i'm always I get so paranoid sending people guest songs, and I'm like, oh, they're probably going to hate this. They're probably going to hate doing vocals to this. And uh, um, he asked, like, what the lyrics I wanted uh, I wanted the lyrics to be, and I said, oh, just write something in Russian. That'd be sound awesome. And he's like, oh, really? You want it to be in Russian? <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. But uh, he's not in I Am A Preacher now, unfortunately, but now he's making, like, uh, dance music, I think, under that name. Uh, Darku <laughs> on YouTube. Crazy. So I, I on the Bandcamp, I linked like his YouTube channel, and uh, but I'm glad he was still <laughs> down to do metal vocals on it because I love his future. Um, who are we forgetting? Someone? I haven't looked at content in a really long time. I know. Once, uh, once our albums I are think done, you we're just nailed like, them okay, all. Actually, it. yeah, it was uh, Yarku, yeah, Daniel it. Dominguez, uh, Ellie, and Mora. Uh, I messed up the writing on that. Mara, no that's it. Mara. Yeah, I, I wrote it. Like, yeah, I yeah. wrote this into my notes, and so it, it's completely messed <laughs> up. <but. laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's um, that's it, yeah. And it, it worked out, too, because we kind of had, like, plans for the each song. Like, the opener was going to be just us, and then we're, there's going to be some guests. Then we had two songs where it's just me. Uh, we have one song that's just me, and then a song that's just Patrick vocally um, that's kind of, like, in response to my lyrics. And then... Um, the ending song is going to be uh, just us, you know? So, like, we, we have, like, a good amount of guests, I feel like, for this yeah. track list. It's we not Rip want, Soup. Like, yeah, I was going to say, not it's Rip not Rip Soup, where the, the freaking yeah. uh, features are longer than the names of the song. Yeah. 
we that was such a freaking crazy ambitious thing and like dude yeah you had like four people on one of the songs it's like what the heck it's insane yeah (laughs) yeah that's why that's why there weren't really any guests between riff soup and this one because we were like nope no more they were burnt out yeah trying to get in contact (laughs) with people a lot of them are all locals like riff soup is kind of like is partially my my love letter to the local scene and then there's a handful of people from uh out of state and possibly country is it isn't um is it goya or joya Joya, yeah she's from she's polish and she was living in england then i don't know where she is now well there we go overseas (laughs) but yeah (laughs) um yeah that that's a lot of local um friends and vocalists that uh i was able to just like drive to their area or they come over to my place and do the vocals and then a handful of them would be emailed to us but yeah it's that was a pain too just trying to get to wrangle everyone in and uh just like being like oh just write whatever lyrics you want it's fine we don't care you know yeah. like we're not we don't have a message to send send across and then yeah, like, what's this song about oh like, well, it doesn't matter <laughs> which part? yeah just, see yeah. that was my reaction too i i hate writing lyrics man so you gotta you gotta write some lyrics for me <laughs> yeah that's the thing like i i hate lyrics too i'm a i'm a riff guy um every once in a while i'll have an idea for lyrics for like a story but patrick mr english professor over here like he's he's like oh i'll come up with something and it's always just like a novel and i'm like okay i guess we'll i'll we'll put this like literary work into our stupid metal chorus song yeah see that's that's like the difference you can you can usually hear it in our lyrics too is like jacob's like lyrical like doom mind he's he's much more interested in holding out words as long as he can like repeating stuff and eyeless like the rap I listen to, I'm all about fitting as many syllables as I possibly can in a short amount of time. And so I'll be like, here are your lyrics, Jacob. And he's like, I, I don't want to do it. This like, yeah. cut out these, these other two and space it out. Yeah. Oh, Cause yeah, I, I got to make the lyrics last as long as they can. And then he's like, I'll oh, have like this, this many lines to work with for this five minute song. It's like, Oh, great. Which should be interesting for, for our upcoming album. Cause they're very short songs. And our, our, sorry, yeah. our, our upcoming upcoming we already have one that we're writing lyrics for yeah oh shit really about to come out. We, we have yeah. um the next one already recorded but guys damn lyrics lyrics and vocals are always just like they take the longest for us nowadays yeah hmm. yeah we, we we wrote like three or four albums that we had recorded and we just didn't have vocal days because we yeah. you can write music anytime as long as you have your computer but you don't necessarily have time to like do vocals yeah. and you know, we were in California, which was on fire for three months. And so <laughs> right. even if we had vocal days, our throats were just scratchy the whole time. And yeah. so oh, I never even thought about that. Okay. And yeah. So, yeah. It yeah. Was, now it was... we're finally catching up with what we have. Yeah. Like if, if people ever look at, I always leave this information because I'm a nerd and I love learning this stuff. But like on our band camp, you could look at like the dates that some albums were written versus recorded and like uh like content was written like a year ago Coracle core was written like a couple months ago you know like and then released a couple months ago uh this new thing is was written like around the same time as Coracle core but is going to be re- released probably like next year you know like it's all it's all kind of we were so ambitious especially with this i've been in quarantine for 
like seven months. I've, I've been out of work this entire time. So I've just had like too much time to write and where I've actually had to kind of stop and just like let, like let myself coast on hyping up content. So I don't like keep writing albums. Yeah. You're completely burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. And then let it collect dust. Like, I mean, luckily I'm hyped about content still and I'm not like sick of those songs, even though they're so old to me already. Yeah. But I guess that's the thing. Like I being in the, uh, the DIY world, you can just write a song and release it that day. If you're, you know, if you have everything set up, you can, you know, work that fast, but now doing things professionally, doing PR and getting like uh, merch printed, uh, it takes a while. You have to wait for your album to come out. And like, I'm, and now I'm in other bands too, where we have, uh, we're working with labels to release stuff on print. And that takes months and months and months. Like I've had right. albums come out a year after we recorded them. And it's like, you have to pretend to be excited about this old music. You know, <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's weird to get used to. And not then, that we but are I guess, excited. It's not really pretending, but. Oh yeah, we're, we're super excited for this. We've never done anything <laughs> this this big before. Yeah. At least so hopefully, like... hopefully it's like actually the album to do it for, and it's not like oh this isn't nearly as good as the last one they put out. They should have done done this for that yeah. one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> this like what? How long is it? Like twenty eight minutes, and then like the album before, like uh, the last worst of we put out was like over, was almost ninety minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like the 28 but, minute one better. <laughs> yeah. I like my, I like albums thing. that are short, man. Yeah, we for a long time we were like let's make a full length, like, as full as it can be. Let's make it like 80 minutes so it'll barely fit on the CD. That's and, what but now it's was. like <laughs> yeah. Now attention spans aren't like that anymore. Like it short songs are cool. Short albums are cool. EPs are cool. So I think we're going to embrace that for a while. Yeah. So I just yeah, want to remind our, chat, you guys can like drop things in any time that you wanted to. Um, Beef Queen it wants me to tell you that they're sorry for bullying you guys in the early days of your now friendship. don't know if you know <laughs> who they are, but they're sorry. I know, a, lot I know a lot of Beef Queens, so yeah. that's, that doesn't really narrow it down. Yeah, I don't recognize that username, but uh, that's <laughs> Beef fine. Beef Queen, yeah, let them know who you are. Put your name in. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, no, I don't want to. Stay anonymous. <laughs> okay, so moving on to recording, uh, how do you guys record this stuff? Because y'all do it on your own, right? So, mm-hmm. what's your process? Um, so now it's you know start with Guitar Pro, uh, import the MIDI for the drums, and then like kind of follow along to those those uh, track templates. Um, lately, I've been recording DI and. Oh, it's someone from Tiger Lily is Beef Queen. Okay, yeah. That's that's that a good story. Yeah. Yeah. They we were they were bullies and then now like I love them to death. Anyway, um (laughs) (laughs) on behalf of all Tiger Lily. Um (laughs) What? Oh yeah, I record DI and I've been reamping now. So um just to make it like instead of having all my neighbors hear all the feedback of like in between takes you know so it's just clean just record the song as is uh i feel like that's better too just in case it's like you know maybe yeah. you mic your amp up wrong or something like that you know yeah easy to easy to edit 
a clean take then record the perfect thing later <clears> on uh and then uh patrick used to come over to my place to record vocals but uh i since he he moved back home and and with like the pandemic school, and everything too like pandemic and everything it's weird going somewhere else yeah so we, we got him set up with almost a, a similar uh almost, yeah pretty much the same all like, your old shit basically yeah <laughs> the same mic setup like same interface uh the all like a small one just for like uh one vocal mic and uh we're able to do our vocals um wherever and uh that's pretty much it um do you have any really tips simple. for people doing this on their own Shit. Like, um, would you wish that you knew back in the day that you know now? I wish I knew about MIDI. Uh, I wish I knew about TuneTrack. Dude, uh, I fucking love that stuff too, man. Easy Drummer, yeah. Easy Mix. E- I cannot yeah. recommend those programs highly enough. No, no way. Um, Is that yeah, what y'all like, use, Easy Mix? Or do you no, actually I'm, know what you're uh, doing? <laughs> I'm, using, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm using superior drummer and because superior drummer 3 is just incredible and uh their some of their latest sound sample packs are just, are really great and uh and then i use isotope uh mixing products like uh neuron or whatever <laughs> and uh like ozone for mastering which is basically like easy mix because now they have like features where you press a button and it listens to your audio and it's like i think this is what it needs to sound better and then you just tweak it from there oh it's shit really i need cool. to check that out it's, man you yeah it's it's incredible <clears throat> and then it's basically like i use that i have some other stock plugins and like other third-party plugins i bought and then uh these fucking sure headphones that uh i use um a sonar works um uh eq um thing plug-in that like flattens off the eq level of the headphones to where it's it's a better reference mixing oh nice sound you know what i mean yeah yeah. So like it it doles out the 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 color the color yeah it decolors the headphones and so now it's like these are like my favorite mixing headphones ever uh so i feel like yeah you need you need a good uh, everyone says this good mixing headphones or monitors that you trust and if you can flatten them as much as you can freaking do it and then i think i wish i just knew about the plugins i wish i knew about like better drums and um i don't know i i feel like it's so there's so much out there now like there's so much so many great like interfaces that are small cheap you plug in your computer like right. computers are built for this sort of work now uh, any kind of laptop you just needs a usb cable to connect like an instrument to it and then uh and there's so many crazy things like uh amp sims you know like anyone can like for our demos we just use amp sims you know until we get to the real deal to record an amp um because what do y'all amp, use I mean, for uh the album the actual album what what kind of sims do y'all use um i i actually use my real i have um what direction is this <laughs> uh you can see the corner of my orange <laughs> in my emperor cab oh i thought that you like uh did di uh for tracking and then i do i do i reamp for recording 
Wait, so you mic? So you put it through the amp and you mic that amp? Whenever you're doing yeah. the real thing? Oh, okay, I got I, you. I have the out the DI track output into through the, the amp. amp. Gotcha. Yeah, and then I just then I just leave the room and my amp is playing what sounds like insane music, and I I wonder what my neighbors think like that. <laughs> prodigy and i'm like <laughs> i can't play this shit without doing like a million takes you know like, like once every six months he plays guitar and it's just amazing like, yeah <laughs> um yeah and then uh i for bass though bass is always an amp sim for me i've been using um uh joey i use easy mix i've been using joey sturgis's uh hellraiser for a while and then i just got uh neural dsps um one of their cool bass parallax, I think their bass plugin, bass amp plugin. Even though now that's like broken for me, and it like doesn't work anymore. I don't know why. So every time I put I put in that amp sim, it just like makes everything go into the red, and then my then logic crashes. So nice. I guess I don't use that anymore. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, I because I'm all for really natural, you know recordings and mixing techniques but it's digital drums i know that we're not really gonna we can't really get as natural as possible and i know that some of the mixing plugins are like too digital but i think it sounds good you know it it works it does it sounds me. really really professional like you really thank you it. thank you thank you i mean yeah check out isotope <laughs> dude <laughs> i need to great. holy shit if that's what yeah. you're using i'm down it's it, it it cuts your work time in half at least right i remember uh, uh i would spend like at least a month every album trying to get it mixed and mastered correctly like taking a mix that sounds really good and and out of my studio uh speakers and then taking it out to my car and just wanting to kill myself because it sounded completely different yeah <laughs> it's like banging your head up against the, the steering wheel like ah <laughs> that's you need to get the sonar works plug in too because you just put that at the end of your mastering chain and it flattens your headphones and you load up whatever headphone you're using and once i did that i would take a mix to the car and i'd be like am i done am i done already because it would it would it's just you start mixing to the flattened curve and, and it comes out perfect like it's really crazy if it it just sucks for us because we have so many weird things in our songs like different vocal styles and like patrick's vocals are so different from mine that I have to yeah, I'm like half so as much. loud as him. Like when we would record <laughs> at his place at the same time, it'd be like, okay, got to turn the mic way up for you. And then like, <laughs> really, and huh? then, be, yeah, yeah, his, his is a lot more from the chest and mine's a lot more from the throat. At least our like, our, our really heavy vocals. My yells our, are probably our, closer. To yeah. His, our typical but... screams. I think his yells are like definitely louder than mine, but, huh. uh, That's it's wild. for, yeah complicated songs like ours like it takes a while to mix and master but if i have a straightforward like just guitar bass drums and like a, a, a consistent vocal i can mix that shit in like a day you know like with with these plugins it's, it's pretty great so if i could talk to young me i totally would say that and i would say get get those credit cards <laughs> get the get the credit cards that don't give you interest because that's been a a, a blessing. Because <laughs> it's a not have life debt, but just like, eh, just pay off this cool guitar you got, for, like on your own time. You know, no worries. <laughs> maybe that's not good <laughs> advice. I, maybe I, should, <laughs> no, I was gonna say that. Yeah, 
yeah, get credit cards is not the advice you want to give not, to the young people. Not any credit card. Get the get the nice, friendly credit cards that I get because I yeah. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> so you guys yeah, have a, you guys have a few on. side projects. Uh, Patrick, you've got Shrug, which I couldn't find any information on, like, at all. So why don't you tell us what Shrug is? Uh, Shrug is basically just, like, the reverse PBFM. So Jacob does the drums, and I do the guitar. And it was just, like, it was, like, a way to make me, like, learn and practice and write guitar stuff. And then, uh, and also an easier way to play shows, because, you know, we occasionally get the show itch, and... And uh, those are songs that are so simple that it'd be impossible not to play them live almost compared to like the PBFM ones. And so it's it's it was just a lot easier. Where's the music uh, located? I couldn't find it on Bandcamp. Well, I mean, there's a couple of bands named Shrug and they were probably, you know, pushing you out of the search or whatever. But uh, yeah, where, where's that stuff yeah. at? What is the URL? Is it shrugcalifornia.bandcamp.com? I think it's like Shruggy. Isn't one of our URLs Shruggy? Oh no, it's it's it, probably, but it's yeah, it's it's shrugca.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Okay, I'm writing that down right now. Checking that out later. Uh, but yeah, you also are, have. Oh, sorry. It, yeah, uh, like you said, like they, they are simpler, a little more like punk sounding songs. So I, you can play it as a two piece easily. You know, there's not like a whole lot of heavy production and instrumentation going on. Except I suck at playing drums, so and I suck at playing was... guitar, and so that's why it worked out well. But you can suck at playing guitar and still look cool and, and like fake it, yeah, fake it. Playing drums bad live is miserable. So <laughs> I mean, you don't have to tell me, man. And this is the one that y'all take the shows instead of plastic back face mask, like the one y'all been working on. You're taking this other one. Yeah, because it, <laughs> oh, yeah, it it's so easy. It right? I, I, I got it, you. It, it sounds it's just bad in general. We'd rather mess up these songs that we don't care about. Yeah. The songs that we're like, oh, this is so good. We don't want to mess it, this up. It was fun. I just remember the very first show that we did, I like did like the awesome intro, you know, and then there's this, this counting where I'm riding the kick drum for a while. And then I it drops and I'm supposed to like hit the crashes and I dropped the sticks. And so like the drop, the... <laughs> He like fucking... launched the stick. He yeah, launched the it, stick it, like, across went. the room. Yeah, so then the entire song started off like awful, and that it was, was our first show. Yeah, it, it was it, great. Of course, it was. I'm not. I'm not a natural drummer at all. Um, but anyway, yeah. Moving uh, on. So you've also got a time bomb. Um, it's like a, I guess, experimental grind. Is that what you would call it? Or yeah, it's like there's some mathy stuff and some some deathcore stuff like it's it's heavier than pbfm and a little more straightforward um and it's just something that i like when i'm bored i dick around on guitar pro and write some crazy stuff and when i have enough for like an ep or an album i'm like okay here's an album and then just record it and it, it gives yeah. me something to do like especially when jacob because jacob has you know however many other bands and so it gives me something to do if there's like a deficit of pbfm which there hasn't been in a long time um but if there's ever like a, a time where he's working on a bunch of other projects, but I'm craving music, I have all that time, then I can do that. Yeah, that's all. Um, it's really been impressive because, I mean, he, his time bomb in one name or another is actually really old. And uh, there's some peanut butter radio quality sounding mm -hmm. and recordings. In recordings, it sounds like it's like that era you know what i mean like that kind of production but uh 
since Guitar Pro, and he's been writing like the craziest stuff and getting a lot of. I'm not saying this in any bad way, <laughs> but getting a lot of attention, like drawn away from PBFM, it seems like, because Time Bomb is like legitimately like and deserving. It's it's gnarlier. It's crazier. Like he's writing like come from a, a drummer's perspective, like crazy guitar licks that are impossible, like physically impossible to play. <laughs> yeah. And then, like if you look at any of the tabs, they're all an ultimate guitar, I think. And uh, it's like you couldn't play this. Like somebody probably could, but yeah. nobody normal. So it's yeah, it it's would, guitar MIDI like fed through an amp or something. Then or how, are it you wasn't. Uh, I. At first, he asked me to like record it for him, <laughs> so I'd be the session guitarist, and I'd be like, "Patrick, I'm fucking gonna fucking kill you! Like, I can't believe you're making me record this shit! Like, because it's I would have to do like, pause, move my hands this side of the neck, and then like splice all these takes together. Yeah, it, it actually though it made it made Swan Song, which is like the album that everybody has heard from from me. Um, if you've if you've heard the band, it made that better because the EP before that I made Jacob do that, or Jacob voluntarily did that. I didn't like hold a gun <laughs> to his head, but um, and I was like I felt bad, and so I wrote a bunch of piano leads. Like there's a bunch of piano in that album because I didn't want to make Jacob play all the guitar for it, and so right the the piano was to like alleviate the stress of some of those leads and crazier things and yeah it actually came out cool because now there's just like a bunch of piano in this in this like kind of tech death album or not tech death that's probably not right but progressive death core crazy now that you mention shit. it yeah now it is midi going into a guitar amp because now i discovered that people made uh guitar sam samplers along the same lines as two track with the drum samplers. Right. Yeah. So, I was going to say that that exists now. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. So now I can just take all of his crazy songs, his compositions and just dump it on my computer. And then it's recorded, you know? Right. So, Dude, it's crazy what you could do nowadays <laughs> with all these different programs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a cool project. And then he reaches out to cool guests too. And, collaborators and yeah, i think jacob's a guest on like every single album except maybe yeah, one. He, it's like he an inside joke almost yeah he makes me do guest vocals on everything <laughs> um uh but yeah like it's it's really cool the attention he's gotten from uh i don't know whatever whatever the, that experimental grind core side of the internet is when time bomb comes out they're like this fucking shit is the gnarliest shit. And well, I remember the uh, last one, or the, yeah, your last one that came out. I forget the name of it, but the one with the red cover on it. The uh, Frozen Meat Conspiracy. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when that came out. That stuff was the shit. And I didn't realize that you were plastic bag face mask at first. Like you know, same guy did this, as did that, and oh, uh, it's crazy. I was like looking back at what you guys were doing as your side projects. And I was like, oh shit, it's that album. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jacob, you've got. At least two um, that I've, I saw: uh, Keeper, which is a doom metal band, and Elder Devil, which is a grind crust band. Uh, mm -hmm. So I saw that y'all are doing like uh, like getting signed with label and stuff, uh, like y'all on Roman numeral and shit. That's that's sick, man. Yeah, um, it just kind of reinforces 
my theory that like plastic bag is just not marketable or doesn't it, it can't sell because uh, that's not true man. that's not true <laughs> <laughs> well we uh, we were able to get we were very fortunate and um got i guess found noticed uh pretty quickly with those other projects and because uh, they're they're very more straightforward like uh keeper started off very just like almost sludge by numbers and sludge and doom by numbers and then we kind of uh grew into like a doom gaze you know like more ambient and pretty sounding doom in some of our songs uh but like that 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 actually uh my bandmate in um uh keeper is one of my bandmates from tiger lily who May or may not be Bee Queen. Bee Queen might be another Tiger Lily member, but that they did kind of bully us when we met because of our scene. We sucked, we sucked <laughs> and we we're very like seen and like MySpacey and like just like obnoxious kids on the internet on MySpace, like repping our band that sucked, you know? And they were like a more like now nah, we're we're just fucking playing music and we're cool like that you know and like these kids are dorks and then we became like best friends and we made a band together and a lot of like at one time or another other tiger lily members have been in keeper to like play shows with us but that was that was a cool um experience um cameron and keeper taught me a lot about songwriting and uh uh not reading music but understanding where music sits on on a on the page you know and so i was able to understand guitar pro when we got into it because i was able to look at the graph the, the graph and everything and know where shit should go and that really helped uh our process in this band um and then elder devil was a another <clears throat> studio project for another friend of mine who just wanted to like do vocals on some pissed off grindcore songs and i'm like okay i got you i can just come up with some songs and then that uh uh got kind of popular too so we were like let's we need to make this a live band so we got some live members and that's that totally left the realm of studio uh that's like my one band that is a legit band now and we don't do studio stuff anymore like i still record everything but there's nothing digital in it going forward um let's say yeah um there's nothing recorded yet in with that lineup except for like a, a cover song um yeah a bunch of slipknot stuff forward. right yeah just a bunch of slipknot songs that's all we do now <laughs> i saw the the band members at the bottom of the page I was like wait what <laughs> and then i realized yeah. it was a slipknot, the slipknot cover yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> slipknot is like the core um our 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 god for, and, and the Elder Devil <laughs> camp is we just would Slipknot do this? Okay, we'll do that if Slipknot would do that. <laughs> even, even though we universally were so crushed by their new album, we just did not enjoy that experience at all. Have you heard the new uh, Slipknot? Or did uh, I, I, Slipknot I haven't been paying attention to Slipknot at all. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, they definitely <laughs> they went off the deep end. Um, but now I'm in a band called uh, Hellish Form that started off because uh, Keeper recently did a split with uh, Body Void, who we were friends with from the Bay Area, but they recently moved to the East Coast. And they're phenomenal 
Doom Sludge Band uh, as well, and they've they've blown up. Like they're getting all the recognition they deserve, and it's really awesome. But uh, Willow, the singer and guitarist from Body Void, reached out and she said, "Oh, we should just do this. Um, uh, we should make a collab project, you know, super group." And um, we did and released a demo earlier this year, like kind of early to mid quarantine. And that got a lot of good attention. And then now we we dropped another cover. We dropped a cover of uh, the Cure's song "Funeral Party" on Halloween. And then we have another. We have a full length recorded and mastered. And we're talking to a really cool label to uh, uh, put that out. And I don't think nice. I'm allowed to say anything else about that right now. Alrighty. Yeah. So is so, that it? Y- y'all uh, five bands between y'all, or, or six bands, I guess, between y'all, or got some more? I have right? a lot of, I have a lot of other defunct bands that don't um, matter as much, but it was like other projects with other local people. Like, I ah, let's record something because I can, you know. Okay. Uh, and then not an ongoing thing. Not an ongoing thing, no. Um, and then uh, I have Skull Incision actually predates plastic bag face mask and that's just my solo project and that was my like my very first song was like a love letter to flesh intoxication where i'm just doing like you know like crickets and shit on the um on the mic and then just like shitty like drum machine um blasts but then that kind of just evolved into is that on the internet somewhere yes i actually it's on my youtube channel somewhere for sure it's on yeah what's it called again Skullincision.bandcamp. Oh, you have it on it's, Bandcamp too. Okay. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't hid any of those songs. Oh, I so thought like, you did. I thought there were a few that were hidden. There's one thing that was hidden that's just like a, it's a noise thing that I'm like, this is stupid because I, I, <laughs> I was house sitting, I was house sitting, and I just went into Brandon's studio. Uh, my um, shout out to my stepdad who kind of set me on the path of recording by myself because he also had his own like home studio and recorded like folk rock stuff by himself. So he kind of got me started on this, but I went into his studio when my parents were gone and I recorded a bunch of stuff on my own and it just came out bad because I wasn't used to recording on like legit studio equipment that wasn't like my laptop, you know? (laughs) But anyway, that's the one thing that's hidden. Everything else, all my old, like my 2007 cyber grind stuff that's all still there and all and all my old trying to sing like a metalcore band stuff that's all still public too but that's um semi-active just because like that used to be my outlet for stuff where I, I couldn't get an emotion or a song a sound across in whatever band i was in at the time um but now i'm in all those bands so school institution doesn't get as much attention anymore because I'm doing other more cool stuff with real people and not by myself. But there's a lot of junk on that Bandcamp page for sure. <laughs> Pizza but Sushi was, Rolls yeah. asking... Oh, sorry. Go go for it. Go for it. I was going to say, Pizza Sushi Rolls asking, do you have enough side projects to create a compilation album of your own bands? I would say you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we, that's, that's always the joke is like, where's our five-way split where we each record like two or three songs? And right. Then- release mm-hmm. it without telling anybody that it's all just the two of us or something yeah like i um i mean time some... bomb and time bomb and skull incision actually did do a, at least one split 
with somebody else. Oh my else. god. We okay. Let's let's talk. I'm gonna tell the story. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> someone reached out. Uh, um, there was a cyber grind. There were actually more traditional grindcore. Uh, I think from the UK. That uh, called Dogsnot. <clears throat> But they, right. the only the only reason I call them Cybergrind is because they did have a uh, drum machine or program drums, but songwriting wise, I mean, it was like cool, solid grindcore. Um, they reached out. I don't. I can't imagine why they did. Now, <laughs> so they but, like, they out, yeah, they reached out to you, and then and then I got added a, on. So yeah, for a split, and because uh, um. Because I think Skull Incision, I think I was like kind of trying to make myself big on MySpace. I was adding friends and shit and trying to make that project be something. And then Patrick made his own side project around the same time, um, which was early Time Bomb. So I was like, yeah, let's just do a three-way split. And so I made some songs, he made some songs that I recorded, and then they made their songs that I mastered, I think. So like, there's a very there's a big difference in audio quality because I think that was the time where I just got TuneTrack, I just got my MacBook, uh, plain regular MacBook yeah, just at a the MacBook. time. Yeah, and uh, so our songs actually sounded pretty good, considering you know, like especially the step from my PC that like Peanut Butter Radio and Bears was recorded on, and then their setup, their sound was <clears throat> more raw, more computery, and um. I don't know how, what they use, but it sounded... You can tell the difference. We released it. It was fine. You know, it was a fun experience. And then it ended up on um, Encyclopedia Metalum. You know that site? The Metal yeah. Archives? Yeah. Like, everyone is anyone's on it unless... Right. The, unless you're not. Because we're unless not. You're, us. <laughs> you're not? Yeah. Um, they... Plastic they Bag Face Mask is not on Encyclopedia Metalum? No, I think I think we're blacklisted because we're too core. Really? Even Elder... Elder Devil is blacklisted too. It's weird. Like, there's some bands that seriously, just don't make that's the cut. wild, dude. I'm on it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of think yeah. it's core. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like if one person is like, "This is garbage," then they'll just strike it from the website. Really? And I, I think if this, if one admin for some reason, because I'm actually, I'm really surprised that Elder Devil is not on it. Right. Um, us, I can understand, but uh, <laughs> um, but even huh. like I think I think Time Bomb's on it. I think Skull Incision is on it. So it's weird that Plastic Bag it would not be. Well, Time Bomb's uh, it, on it, at least in this story. Yeah, so um, someone on Encyclopedia Metalum reviewed the split, and they're like, the dog, so the dog Snot Slide is great. Um, but then, uh, like, they, <laughs> they, talk, they talk trash on Time Bomb a little bit, and then they're like, yeah, the audio quality sounds fine, but the songs suck. The songs are terrible. And then... I mean, they're the right. Snot Those songs aren't great. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're cool. And then they say the dog's not a, a great few like few minutes of music, you know, it's good stuff. And then they're like, and then this band Skull Edition comes on, and sure, the audio quality sounds good and everything, but if you ever had the misfortune of hearing a screaming dying cat, that's what those vocals sound like. And like, <laughs> and like just total like totally not having a good time listening to my songs. But at the end, they like compare me to see you next Tuesday, and I'm like, like oh, oh so awesome. this is a good interview. Yeah. All right, yeah, this, this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, 
in that context, cool. Like they just hate see you next Tuesday and they hate that I sound like them, which I did not. I mean, no. like, um, but in their mind I did, or at least maybe vocally I kind of did. But anyway, yeah, that was like a highlight for me, even though they like totally dings. Like our review had like two stars and that was, that was all for John's not, you know, like they <laughs> you should like us... quote that. Just be like, sounds like see you next Tuesday or whatever dash, whatever. I should. Yeah. Was. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> that was like, and then everything else on that website, you know, like no one reviews it. So for the longest time, it was like the only feedback we got was like that negative review that was sort of a positive too. <laughs> and then just like a lot of silence for a lot of years. And then, but now, like I said, earlier like now we have that fan base that says cool stuff uh but yeah i think that's all the projects and uh that we have yeah i haven't been in another band since like just after high school probably so yeah there's a a, uh, pop punk song that he plays drums on out there somewhere somewhere yeah it's like the biggest blink 182 ripoff you could ever ever hear yeah uh, so you guys said that y'all played some shows back in the day, uh, it's, and you stopped because it was hard to play the songs. Uh, you have what was your most memorable experience playing a show? Uh, dance Gavin Dance. Probably the Dance Gavin Dance show. Yeah, one of the like four times we played with them. Yeah, because they, yeah. they, they came through Fresno a lot because you know it's a few hours away from them from their city. So, um, and we loved them at the time. Like there was a period. I mean, it never really ended, but I feel like I feel like in what 2010, 11 area, mm-hmm. uh, especially me, I was really into that kind of stuff, like Dance Gavin Dance and uh, anything Johnny Craig touched. A lot of singy, lighter stuff, you know, <clears throat> not as much metal at the time. Uh, so uh, once again, we got we begged to be put on this pay-to-play show which I can't believe we did so many times because the local promoter at the time, like the big guy in our city who always would make us do pre-sale tickets, I feel like he had to have hated us. If not, if he ever remembered us, he probably never remembered who we were. That's why we gave us so many chances. We would never (laughs) sell the tickets. We always promised we could. Yeah. Well, you'd pay for them out of your pocket though, right? Maybe, maybe a few. Like, oh, we tried... Here's some. Oh, yeah, you, didn't, you didn't have to. You didn't have to give like a certain amount of money. You just gave oh, back the tickets nice. you didn't sell. See, yeah. when I was yeah. doing shows, you had to pay for all the tickets. You bought the you tickets like, and then sold them. Yeah, and yeah. it sucked. It was stupid. That that does. That's suck. one of the reasons um, why I didn't play shows. I haven't played shows in a long time. Yeah. Well, uh, this guy, he would be like, "You have to sell fifty tickets or whatever," and I'm like, "Yeah, we can do that." <laughs> and then we we show up to the show and be like, "Here's money for." seven tickets <laughs> and the rest of the tickets back and he's like okay you're on in at five or you know so it's like what is he gonna do it's like tell us not to tell us to go home yeah so well, it, we actually did i remember with that show too i don't know if you were gonna get to that but like he had asked us because he always checked in he was like how many tickets have you sold and we were, we were probably like oh you know nine or something and it was like the day before the show or like a couple days before and he's like you guys got to do better and, like, we somehow sold, like, close to 30. Like, a lot of the other bands sold out, but I remember that show we were, like... We did really we, well. 
we did really well. I think we also sold some in line, like because everybody wanted to see Dance Gavin Dance, so we sold some in line, which is oh, no. you know whatever. Well, <laughs> there, there usually aren't lines out there like an hour or two ahead of time, but this At, time no, that's what you did, man. You had to go out to the yeah, lines this time. Yeah. Were, and so I he think... was like impressed, and we went on second. We didn't go on first. I yeah, he let us go second because we nice. sold. We did such a good job. So. Did, we probably went to the mall too because I think you were driving at that time, so we we're able to go. Yeah, to... well, I remember meeting people like people on MySpace contacted us, and we'd meet them like we met at me and Ed's. That I remember yeah. one person and like one other person in, in that that shopping center, and so yeah, we did okay with yeah, that. Yeah, we we did all right, and um, that show was packed because Dance Gavin Dance was like probably at their peak at the time. And uh, uh, it was a good sound. I mean, that that stage is good. It's like kind of like one of uh, it's Fresno's main venue, pretty much. Uh, that's not a stadium, you know. It's like a, it's a bar, it's a club. Um, it's like five it five hundred people probably could pack it. That's like the max you could get. And they were there. That was a really full show. Yeah. So and they they I don't think it was able to. You can't go in and out. So people had to see our set. And yeah. um. It helped that we were second. We set up and we played a really fun show. And I think we did all our like call out songs like LOL Breakdown. And, uh, <laughs> you know, people were into it. And there was like a few people up front that were either just having a great time or they knew us already. Right. Like something like that. Like it was yeah, just like, fun. People, I feel like there people was... were into it. We had some moshing for mm -hmm. some more breakdowns and stuff. Yeah, like... there, there was definitely moshing. It wasn't just people like, what's going on? Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. You know, like with. And so it was fun. It was, um, I feel like there's a lot of good crowd interaction because I think we we're like being really lulzy and stupid. And I would like, we were saying jokes and people would like respond. And then, yeah. uh, at the very end, we we're doing brute beer as our <laughs> finale, which it, like, uh, the song ends by, it kind of just rings out and the original, Sam sample, which was just performed because we didn't do samples at the time. It was supposed to be a sample. Was there like... was also like an inside joke, so we, it would have just been us recording it and then playing it live. Yeah. It's not like it came from anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a sample of anything. It was just like our own joke. But it was a. Uh, what do we do now, guys? Or what do I do now, guys? And then Patrick responds, "Bite the fucking curb," and then it's like the the breakdown drop, right? uh yeah. so we we kind of paused the our performance and we're like okay everybody when we say what do we what do we do now guys you say bite the fucking curb but like in that moment the sound guy was like okay i guess they're done and like turned us off like you could you could hear him on the monitor he's like okay you guys done yeah, yeah. Done. and we're like and I don't think we were, like, over time or anything. I think we had a pretty short set. So yeah. he just, like, he, I think he was, like, I, I think these guys are done. And then when he probably learned that we're not, he was he just doubled down on it and was, like, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't make a mistake. You guys are done. <laughs> so we <laughs> so we didn't get to do our cool finale. And then I remember there were kids in front of, the, in front of us that were, like, what happened? Like, are you guys not done? I'm, like, yeah, I guess we're done. <laughs> I was going to ask for your help for the, to finish the song. And they're, like, Ah, oh, what the hell? But uh, other like all in all, it was a great performance. I yeah, mean, it was like the best audience, best audience show for sure. Yeah, um, and I feel like it was, you know, because it, it was professional lighting, professional sound, and everything. So I think that kind of 
got my energy up and I was able to thrash around and like, you know, the swatting bees with your guitar, you know, like <laughs> swinging it around. Like that was a uh, big that night and it was just fun. So I feel like we looked cool if we didn't sound cool. Yeah. And then like the most popular, most popular video. Sorry, Jacob, I'm going to shame you. That we have <laughs> is, is that, uh, he tried to do like a, like a guitar swing, like all the way around and, uh, and his guitar strap broke. Nice. And like, no. there's just nice. a short, there's a, there's a short, there's a short clip of it on the internet and it has like 10,000 views and it's like been in compilations of, of yeah, guitar been in, fails and stuff. Yeah. Guitar <laughs> fail compilations. And I'm, I'm in a lot of them. Uh, someone, some like internet company or whatever was like, Oh, we'll pay you for the licensing for this video. And I'm like, okay. And I never heard from them again. <laughs> they probably just stole my video anyway. Well, but, they probably uh, like emailed every person with a high video, and then everybody said, "Okay, they watched the video," and then they're like, "Wait, we're not gonna pay for this? What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I need to defend myself though. I the guitar strap did not break. Well, you didn't and have I the did locks have I did have strap locks. They just came out of my guitar. They just oh, uns they just nice. came out of the wood. Uh, sucks, but I also dude. still was an idiot because I still had a cable plugged in. I wasn't wireless, so I would have gotten tangled. If it if it had somehow worked, I would have been wrapped around with my guitar cable. Which but, it yeah. sounds like a show anyway. Like our shows, I mean, I'm seated, but Jacob is always like everywhere, all over the place, wrapped up and entangled in everything. So I'm trying to be as crazy as I can. Yeah, whenever, so when that, that sounds play live. right. But it we, doesn't work with two people when when one guitar stops playing, like if we had been a full band and, yeah. and he had failed at, at that, then it would have been okay. The song the other kept going. would have kept playing. But yeah. It was just me. <laughs> yeah. Was but, this uh, that dance giving dance show or is this another show? This, this was a different at, show. Yeah, it was a different it was show. At, it was at Oakstock. Yeah. We made, like a, we put on a few local shows in our old town. Um, that's, we would just like ask bands from like Fresno and other cities to like drive up and they were pretty cool. But yeah, that's, I was like, this is gonna be our biggest show. And I'm going to do something crazy. I'm just gonna swing my guitar around. And I like, I tried to practice it like in my backyard a couple times. Like, can I do this? And then I was like, <laughs> but I think I chickened out every time I would never commit to a full rotation. I was just, I would just like measure the distance, like, how far be close to the ground, you know? Right, right, dude. I mean, and, my guitar costs like what twelve hundred dollars. I don't want to swing this shit around, you know. <laughs> well, mine was, dude. My my guitar, I treated it with so much tough love. I got actually a lot of flack for it from people that would see us because I would, um, treat it rough. I would, uh, when we're done, I like unplug it and kind of throw it, like, <laughs> you know, off to the side. Like I'll pack that away later and throw it away. Um, like kind of like you know the, those chariot videos where they're like literally throwing their guitar up in the air and like catching it somehow, <laughs> kind of like that, but not nearly as cool and not nearly as like well done. I just I just treat it like shit. But it, it was a really sturdy guitar. It was like a Ibanez it was like three hundred dollars or something like that, and it was beefy. Um, so I felt like it enjoyed that treatment. <laughs> So, but I remember, like, okay. I um, I would do stuff like that. I would like, all right, we're done, and I put, I like, drop my guitar on the ground, 
And then people would come up to me like, dude, how could you do that? And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You know, like <laughs> trying to be cool. I think, did we knock your drums over at least, at least once in a, sh- at oh, a yeah, show? Oh yeah, probably. We did like the Nirvana thing and like push his drums over on the ground. Because uh, that's like, honestly, that's my biggest influence is, is Nirvana. So like I just wanted to be like that kind of trashy, chaotic live performance. Um, but yeah, people were like, I can't believe you did that. And even so- the comments on that guitar fail, that flip fail video were, was like, like not only did he me- mess up the spin, but he dropped his guitar afterwards. So much disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any hope of you guys playing live again? Yeah, I think that's always... Um, I mean, it could be. I mean, we could... I, I definitely am more knowledgeable about, like, uh, live engineering. and uh, We could set up, like, extra speakers to have some backing tracks or whatever. Like, uh, we did... Was our last show with Remy? Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. show, I actually did have a... Um, uh like I, I what's that band that my dad likes um there's a band that's like a two piece and the guitar player has a guitar output and a bass output plugged into one guitar and he has the bass output plugged into a uh sub like an octave pedal going That's into what a the god awful truth does too. I did that Do in they? another that's... one one man band. Yeah, yeah, so that it sounds that's like awesome. bass is playing alongside you. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's I, I didn't know that they did that. That's awesome. Yeah, this shit works. But, it's uh, pretty sweet. Yeah, and then I saw like uh, Eagle Twin did that. They have like a rig for like a five or six piece band, but it's just a two piece. And um, <laughs> okay, How I feel like I was, I was. <laughs> it's dude. Like, he has the gnarliest gear. The guy from Eagle Twin. He makes those uh hex cabs. Do you know the 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 amps I have that no the idea what leader? You're talking about. Do you know Cult Leader or Gaza? Oh, I know, I know who Cult Leader is, but what's a hex cab? They have, I mean, if you ever look at their live live footage, they have like really cool cabs that have like metal plating on the on the front, and then they have like, I don't know exactly what heads they use. I don't know if they're his heads, but he also makes like mo- uh, Sun Model T clones. So, okay. and it's just it's this dude from Utah, and he has his band called Eagle Twin, and they, they just play like Doom stuff. And uh but like heavy heavy metal style doom. Anyway, they sound great uh cuz he makes all their own gear, but uh I would do that. I would try and do like the full rig wall of sounds so it doesn't sound like a two piece and then we would Well, I mean actually um Prima Donna track 1 of content was written originally for we were going to try and make an album of live playable songs and we probably still will at some point we probably still will but if um now we're we're obviously not where we're not writing an album like that for now but we have songs that we like picked out that were like we could play this live we could play pull it off Mm -hmm. where it's not just me doing impossible licks that i need to edit on the computer yeah um and we've also talked about doing like um like combination songs so it's like we we take like little bits and pieces from an album and we're like this is 13 and it's like certain parts that we can play live and we're comfortable with and it's like little bits of each song that we just play all together like a medley yeah like a little medley and uh 
And so we've talked about doing that too. I think I, I, I can see it happening at some point in the future that we play, but you know, yeah, it'll be the planning. one for the decade. Like we play, we'll play once for twenty the twenty twenties, and then in the twenty thirties we'll probably play one. Yeah, <laughs> we, one of our last shows was uh, we saw that Rings of Saturn was coming to town, <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "Hey, I want to. We should go see that. Like, I want to see that, but I don't want to pay for it. So let's just ask to uh, let's just ask to play. Let's just ask to open the show." And then it ended up being a pay-to-play thing. Or like, the same thing, like, with the tickets, and we just sell as much as we can. And we're like, okay, whatever, we'll try. And we ended up, again, we did pretty well. And I think we, um... Did we... We still went first, though, didn't we? Or did we request to go first? We might have asked to go first. I think we probably we asked, like, but... Why would you ask to go first? Well, Because we weren't actually... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we had a plan. Um... We were going to, we we saw all the other openers. I think some of them were friends of ours from like the deathcore scene, uh, but others were like very like we take ourselves very seriously deathcore, and that was in my little uh, rebellious phase. So I was like, we're gonna take ourselves unseriously, <laughs> <laughs> just to like troll all of them. So, uh, but like the promoter like really liked us and was like, you guys have been really professional and great. Thank you for selling these tickets. Uh, you've been, you showed up on time to the venue for load in. So we're going to give you an extra long set. And, we're and it was like, also, it was kind of a big deal that we were playing too. I remember because on the event page on Facebook, people were like plastic bag face mask is still a band. They're going to play like, yeah, that's so that weird. Was, that was after our, our breakup, you know? So like, yeah, that this was, was like 2013 or 14, probably. Yeah. We, we had been quiet for a long time, at least, uh, on, in the shows side of things. And then we got there and we started, we played an intro of like one of our one minute songs where it's just like a Port few hits. Yeah, like Port of Mountains. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun song. Uh, we played that. And then instead of playing the middle, we did like an improv harsh noise avant-garde performance art <laughs> piece for about 20 minutes. <laughs> um so yeah, I, like, just, like, I, I i wasn't on my drums for the rest of the set i don't think like we set up my drums and it was all sound checked and we played that like minute of that song and then i just like grabbed the microphone and went up front you started rolling around on the ground and like i think you fell off the stage <laughs> head first like as you were like on your back and then you slid yeah. like like a snake <laughs> off the stage uh i was but like why? i like a talk <laughs> we just wanted to troll everybody we're like oh we're gonna <laughs> All these like core kids are here, and we're gonna noise the hell out of them. And <laughs> just as a, as a, just a prank, bro. Like we just wanted to be, we just thought it'd be funny. And I like and we threw thought my guitar. It was funny, so that's what, that's what mattered. Yeah. we threw the guitar, my guitar on the ground, and I just went down to my pedal board and started just twisting knobs and just did like some noise loops and stuff. And I just put on like a bit crusher that I had at the time. And then I think. And like at the whole time, we're holding our mics and we're just screaming at like the top of our lungs, like nonsense. <laughs> and then I went over to the drums and I started doing like a, a like a beat, like a really monotonous like drone beat. And then I went back off the drums, back to my guitar, and I kicked it just to get some extra noise going. And like, and then we ended the song, and then we just left. We just like walked off stage. <laughs> uh, and then I, I remember I had too, my... like the audience we were setting up, and I was like. 
So I, when I pass the mic out, who, or who who here can scream? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna pass somebody the mic, and they were like, "Oh me," and I was like, "All right, just get ready. I'll pass you the mic." Without them knowing like what was going on, they were like expecting some instruction or something. And I'm just like on the stage, <laughs> like halfway through this thing, and I just throw the mic at this guy, and he's like, "I don't know what to do," and he just like throws it back. At me. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm out anyone. What did your fans think of that? that? I don't think we had any. Yeah. Well, you said you sold tickets, right? Yeah, but it's the people who wanted to see Rings of Saturn. Yeah. You know, it like was, people it was were just... not like to see us. No, there's like, hey, I need a ticket, and I'm like, yeah, I got him. Just like, I'll meet you at the Seven <laughs> Eleven. Did you still uh, get those people telling you good set? I don't think so. I don't, I think, I don't think actually. So, no. I think I think I had my merch table because I was trying to start like an indie label at the time, and I I had. CDs I made of like our projects and then other projects that I recorded in town. And I had people come over and be like, that was crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you should check out these <laughs> bands. And I, I sold some CDs that night. I remember that, but uh, not really much else. And then we just kind of yeah. watched Rings of Saturn play for half the set. And I think we just left because we're like, eh, we're tired. <laughs> did a lot of screaming today we need to get out of here did a lot of screaming <laughs> today but I mean but our our last like official 2011 show though speaking of doing a lot of screaming we like played a show and then immediately got a text like our our last official show was not crowded because there were two shows going on and we got a text that they needed another band and so like we played a show and then loaded up in the van and drove like 10 minutes down the road and immediately played a second show yeah and that was like the perfect send off for us. I remember yeah, that. that was when we were trying to play seriously, and like so we we booked our own show. Like we got the lineup, but then it was like I think it was like winter because like a couple mm. bands had like van problems and they couldn't. We we're supposed to play with uh, Pacifist. Pas Pacifist and uh, Triumph over Shipwreck. I saw the yeah. flyer for that show. I was like, yeah. oh, shit, <laughs> with, you guys with, did the, that? with the pig. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. It did not go through because, like, yeah, like those bands dropped, and then like half of the bands I hit up to play that I thought would be a good fit uh, dropped, and so it was. I actually kind of still get like that uh that feeling when you are trying to go to sleep and you remember something awful that happens that like <laughs> you are you cringe at like you're embarrassed by and you can't go to sleep for a long time and your heart starts to sink. I get that feeling when I think of this because we had people, random people, like strangers, come out to support and to see certain bands. And some bands told us literally, like, don't take us off the event or the flyer. Just get people to come out to see us, even though that we won't show up. What? And then we played. Then we played, and since people were there, people we didn't know, and we played and bailed on them. And I feel really bad. Yeah. Like, that's such an, it's such an awkward, like... Terrible thing that yeah, that's we did. the bad part of the story. I was that's telling the, the good part. part of the story. Yeah, which was the second show. <laughs> so that's the bad part, and we just we just bailed because yeah, like someone at this other venue was like, "Oh, we had a couple bands drop. We need another one. Can you come over?" And we're like, "Yeah, we'll be right there." We went to play a bigger show at a bigger venue, and that one was really fun and yeah. went very well. And we sold, I think, the rest of our shirts. Well, we probably gave them away, but we sold stuff. Like we made. Yeah, those were the LOL breakdown shirts. If you have one of those, that's like. That's a rarity. Does it say like, LOL breakdown right on it? Yeah, it was yeah. like the that's big, um, the bold, all caps white print. Yeah, on the like on the back of the shirt or something. 
It was it was all the front. That's all it was. There was no art. <laughs> but it, it was no logo. No, yeah, your logo wasn't on there or anything. It just said LOL it, breakdown. It said LOL breakdown plastic bag face mask uh, okay. breakdown LOL. But it was like there's so much font that the font wasn't even big anymore. It was just like a lot of text. It was like four or five lines. <laughs> and I, I remember when I ordered those, I got them from uh, we need merch, which you know uh, Ben Orum from Allshall Parish and uh, the guy from. Uh, Antagony, like their merch company, and I was remember I got like uh, ang- anxiety. I was talking to Ben Orum from Allshall Parish that I really liked at the time, and he was like, "Huh, LOL breakdown? What's that?" When he was looking <laughs> at my design, I emailed him, and I'm like, "Oh, it's um, it's just one of our songs." And he was like, oh, "That's pretty cool." Anyway, the shirt's gonna be this much money. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> 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 But yeah, like the a lot of our MySpace high school friends, you could they have like the the um, selfies wearing our shirt, and they like don't give a shit about our music. They just were our friends. But there's a bunch of like random scene girls on our Facebook page wearing that shirt, which we probably should take those pictures down. But I don't know. I don't know what the policy is for that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know. Are they I'm sure all this shit's gone? I, they were just on our MySpace. I don't know like how they keep up with the MySpace stuff anymore. I don't even know if those know, our MySpace exist. is definitely still there. Well, well yeah, 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 I, but well, I don't know if like the old stuff still exists. That's I know they're taking down the music. I, yeah, I think I, I think I copied. I think I imported them to Facebook though too. But maybe oh, it's you? hidden. Maybe it's a hidden folder. I don't know. So but, uh, speaking of merch for this uh, for content, you guys have uh, what do you call them? Uh, Digi packs that y'all handmade. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those? How'd you make them? Um, uh, I found a company that makes they gets the cardboard and they glue the the uh, plastic on it. So that part I did not make, but you could imagine I did because you can look at it and be like, "Oh, this looks handmade." Um, but it's like super, it's super clean, looks really nice. Um, and then I got stickers printed from a local shop that does uh, paperwork printing and flyers and stuff like that and then i uh just pasted the artwork on the on the cardboard i have a really nice duplicating disc duplicating machine so it actually prints at like uh industrial quality it's not just like a computer cd burner and then i used to have a disc printer that i would actually print the label on it but ink costs just became a hassle and uh, I think it actually is broken since the last time I used it. So now I just have like a custom stamps of our logo uh, to put on the white face of the disc, and then so and then I have like a shrink wrap um, set up and everything. It's just, I mean, you can tell it's DIY, but I just think it looks clean. It looks nice. Why um, not just have a company print it all like professionally? Is it just like the feeling we... of ha- of making something or whatever? Yeah, like yeah, we've personable. Yeah, we've always everything we've ever done has been DIY. There's only there's one time we ordered discs to be duplicated from a company and that has like that uh nice ink on it, you know? That's and uh, but everything else, the paperwork, the cases, the jewel cases cuz CDs are super easy to make. You can just like find the cases and print the paperwork and staple it, glue it, put it all together. Um, so we've, we've done that it's for still years. still a lot of time just, though, you know? I don't know. I just, I would always put in the time. I used to do that for 
local bands in the area where I would uh, um, print their CDs for them. I'd like do orders of like a couple hundred and like not really make any profit on it. I just calculate all the cost and ask for that money back, you know, and then I quit because yeah, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of work, but uh, yeah, it's not your own music. It's not as fulfilling. Yeah. For this, I feel like CDs are not that cool. So I only made a few CDs. I feel like tapes, tapes and vinyls is like where it's at now. Uh, I don't want to do DIY tapes because I feel like that doesn't come out quite as nice. So I do have a company making the tapes for us. Hopefully those arrive in time. <laughs> I feel like I gave them <laughs> enough of a window to finish by the time the album drops, but you never know. They got a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. When's the, the vinyl coming? too expensive. <laughs> do you remember Dude, there's when some cheap camps... companies now, man. Y'all can seriously get some get it like a hundred a hundred piece run for like relatively cheap. <sighs> I guess I'll look into it. I doubt it. I doubt. I, but if I was, but I don't know if we'd have a hundred people who would buy a vinyl. So that's. The... <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like we we've had copies of CDs sit for a long time. Uh, oh, you guys yeah, would be surprised like... how much more vinyl sells than CDs do. It's pretty. That's wild. that's a good point. That's why I'm. I have my fingers crossed for these these tapes. You know, I feel like tapes are pretty cool. People like those. Not as much as vinyl, but they're still kind of neat. Uh. But even the cons- the question of making tapes was like, I don't know if it's worth it. I was like, I was super doubtful about it because when we started the PR run, it was brought up like, are you gonna do? Are you gonna press it on anything? I'm like, probably not. Probably just digital. And they're like, well, I mean, if you want. <laughs> and then I was like, Patrick, can we afford that? Is that is that smart right now? I mean, we don't work right now. We're like out of work, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a crisis going on. But no, I was like, no, let's just fucking do it. Let's make some tapes because I feel like this album is unique I mean, for we us. Had, we had tapes for for uh, Why Did Sepulcher Sepulcher too, and yeah, and that sold was pretty well. Yeah, that we had tapes really made for uh, Why Did Sepulcher from um, Pattern Recognition Records. And that was really cool. That was great to work with them. And um, uh, I don't know about their stock, but I know that we sold out of ours in a good amount of time. But now we're going to have all the stock of content. And that might just sit in my closet for a while. <laughs> but we'll Dude, now see. I'm sure y'all saw some stuff, man. Um, yeah, I hope, like we gotten some good pre-orders already. So uh, I'm happy about that. I'm happy people care. So yeah, you got the digipacks, the uh, tapes. You also got some shirts, uh, some other merch from your other releases all over at your Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm just gonna go ahead and wrap up now. If that's cool with you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, looking at the time. Didn't know <laughs> it's we were been quite a so while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so be sure to check out content. Plastic bag face masks. Uh, new album which drops November 27th. Uh, you guys are on Spotify. I assume all the other streaming sites. Just gotta look you yeah, up. Um, y'all are on Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to say? Patrick, you got a cool one-liner? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, bite, bite the fucking curb, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> LOL breakdown, my bros. 
So <laughs> drop my channel, follow so you always know when I go live. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, YouTube folks, if you enjoyed this, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell, and subscribe. Uh, check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation. Release my fifth album. Uh, my sorry, my fifth album, Meme Streams and Flying Machines, is out now. Uh, my get really my good. Next That's a really good album. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, my next guest is uh, the Arson Choir. Uh, we're actually going to start doing a second cast. Uh, it's going to be on Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Uh, so join us for the Arson Choir. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for being here, guys. Hope you all had some fun. Thank you so much. We did. Awesome. Thank you for having us. And thank you guys for watching and listening. Yeah.